Welcome to the Write It Down podcast with the 1513 Network. I'm Brooke Murata, bringing you one-on-one interviews to challenge, inspire, and encourage. Up next is the Write It Down podcast audio engineer for the 1513 Network, Marshall Manhattan. I called him Marshall M. in my phone and Marshall M. in my mind for a long time, but it's Marshall Manhattan. He is the man, the myth, the legend. He came on last minute to discuss um, all the episodes that Write It Down has incurred over the last year of 2021. He shared about his story. He shared about the twists and turns. Um, that brought him to where he is today. Like most of our guests on the show, Marshall was kind of thrown to the wolves. I did some rapid fire questions. I asked some deep zingers and he just rolled with it. That's what Marshall does. So I'm really grateful for his friendship and how much he's helped the studio and how much he's helped the Write It Down podcast. I hope you enjoy this episode. I hope you enjoy your Christmas and I hope you have a happy new year. I'm super excited to come back full, full fledged, uh, full force, full swinging, mamacita, 2022 write it down podcast can't wait to share all those goods with you but thank you so much for being a supporter of the write it down podcast um so sit back relax and get your pens ready because this is write it down okay welcome to the write it down podcast of the 1513 network i'm brooke with a little bit of a raspy voice um so hopefully i don't have any voice cracks or awkward coughs i'm on the mic with marshall marshall i have to say your name in my phone is Marshall M because I don't know how to say your last name. What's your last name? You could say Manjaras. Manjaras. But I'm going to not say it right. It's Manjares. Manjares. Yeah. Okay. See, I didn't even know how to spell it. So you're just Marshall M. So we're welcoming Marshall M on the mic today. He is our awesome audio engineer here at the 1513 Network. Um, we threw him in um, to the mix um, at the latter half of this year, but I kind of want to chat, chit chat a little bit. Here's how the show's going to go. I'm going to go through a couple of the episodes, actually all the episodes of, um, write it down from this last year of 2021. And then we're going to, um, kind of chat about what Marshall has viewed about the podcast. And then we're just going to dream big and Marshall's going to give us a write it down today. So okay. super excited. First episode of the year was Damien McGee. He is a part of Do the Unpopular. That was episode 36. Marshall, you weren't here. I wish you were here, but he came in with um, Terry Vleek, and I called him Terry Vleek on Fleek. And I didn't realize he was coming with somebody because he was driving down from Jacksonville. And this guy comes on the mic, wasn't even supposed to be on the mic. Damien was. And he was just like so wise. It was like one of those things where like, thank you for coming on the show because you're just like a wise I don't want to say old man because I don't want to throw shade, but just an older guy. Sage. Sage. Yeah. What does sage mean? Is that a spice? It is a spice, but it's like a older, wise, elder type. Elder. But I feel like it's sage. I like that. I like the name sage. Okay. And then we had Marcus Dougie Wilson. Um, He is a Christian hip hop artist. And he shared the twists and turns of his story of losing his brother and uh, just coming on the mic and, and talking about what shapes his music and what he's up to. That was a great episode. Then we rolled into Sam Ocho. Sam Ocho, this is a cool thing about Sam. I see him every day at work now on TV because he's on ESPN. I'm pretty sure this podcast set him up for his future. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But... I, um, my aunt actually texted me and was like, you should look up Sam Ocho and his brother's Emmanuel Ocho. They were both in the NFL. I think Emmanuel, his brother, 
host The Bachelor for a little bit. Um, more recently this year, probably because my podcast. Probably. probably. It comes up in both their interviews. <laughs> so anyway, Sam came on there. He wrote a book called Let the World See You. And I am a bad reader. Do you like to read? Yes. You do? Yeah. Oh, okay. Then we don't relate. But I'm one of those people that I feel like when I'm reading, I'm being punished because there's a movie probably about the book. So why are we reading? But the book is better probably. I don't. I don't think so. I think when you <laughs> I think when you read a book and you're envisioning like the storyline in your head and then you go watch the movie and they're doing it differently, you're like, I didn't envision the main character look like this. So I think books set you up for s- failure for the movie. <laughs> <laughs> set you up for failure. <laughs> Sorry about it, people who spend their whole life writing books. But anyways, Sam wrote this book and this book was so good. It was simple. It gave simple truths. It was like each chapter had like almost a mini parable in it about his own life and like the NFL and his career. And but then had like little God winks along the way. So I thought it was a really good read an easy read. He came on the show. We had great genuine conversation. And then Jeannie Terry came on episode 39. We did a little mini collab together. Um, she has a podcast as well. Um, say so. I'm telling your story and your testimony. That was really fun. We um, laughed a lot on that podcast. Then Sharice Williams came on. Now her son, Mikey Williams, um, is like an amazing basketball player, like prospect to be in the NBA. I think at the time he was like 16 or 17 when we did this interview at the beginning of the year. Sharice was a powerhouse woman, um, really looked up to her. Then we had good old Tom Sokoloff. I don't know if you know Tom from mm. from Coastline. Shout out to the Sokoloff clan. They go to Coastline. Um, but I grew up with his daughter. He came on and talked about health and nutrition and talked about running a business, which was super helpful for me because I don't know the first thing about running a business. Um, I'd like to think I was entrepreneurial, but I'm a poser. Then I had Trey Collins of G-Bed. Do you have any G-Bed swag? No, but it's cool. I'll get it for you. Don't worry. I have some stuff. And I have a couple of his magnets. But Trey is a cool dude. Um, Soccer player, surfer, guitarist. He's a local legend. So it was really cool to have him on here. Um, I'm going to skip down. I mean, there's other people I want to say, but Trey and Sebastian, Sebastian Noel, he came on episode 47 and we talked about Survivor. I feel like him and Trey are very similar. Um, they're just like a lot cooler than me, which is like hard to do. I didn't know that the Get Better guy was local. Yeah, local mm-hmm. guy. I think that some of the local stories that we've done with this podcast have been a real big hit because it's it's cool to have people in studio because we do mm-hmm. a lot on, on over the phone, which I'm super grateful for. But when you get some of these people who are around your age come in here and talk about what they've done, to kind of blaze the trail. That's been really cool. Right after Trey, we had Courtney Fowler. I talked about her last episode about my wardrobe malfunction. Courtney's great. You know when you say you're fine, like everything's fine, and it's not fine? Yeah. That's what Courtney and I do to each other. It's like, how are you? It's like, I'm fine. Everything's fine. But really not everything is fine. Leilani Macedo, she's super neat. She's a girl out in California. Her episode was about clicks, which is kind of like, I might be butchering this and you can listen to this episode. This is episode 44, but it's almost like she started this business for it's like Home Depot for hair for as far as the paintings are concerned. So if you go to Home Depot and you go and you're like, I want this color, it's kind of what she does for product for hair. Hmm. So it's like a pretty neat, neat concept. Then I had next Mike. Next Mike was legit. I did this one in Charlotte, North Carolina. It was my first on camera interview. 
Um, he is just crushing it um, with music. He um, is a Christian hip hop artist. He is like real. You know how you and I, Marshall, will talk about like just genuine down to earth people that don't have like this facade of being a Christian, but are just deep down love the Lord, but are like cool Christians like me. Cool Christians. Yeah. No, it's super authentic. Yeah. It's not, you know, <laughs> it's a cool Christian. Next mic is a cool Christian. I, I have a funny story about my nephew. Everybody knows I have the cutest nephew in the whole entire world. So sorry about it. But he, we were in the car one time and we go on Chick-fil-A dates. He calls it chick Che or chicky fie. That's cute. It's so cute. So it was just him and I, and I was driving my sister's mom mobile um, or maybe it was my parents, but not the point. So Juju's in the back and he goes, um, he calls me Berkey. Sometimes it used to be Auntie Bertie, but now it's Berkey. Um, so it's like, Berkey, me no like this song. Or mine no like this. Mine no like this. And I'm like, okay, Juju, like, what do you want to listen to? And he goes, Mikey's song. My want to listen to Mikey's song. And it's like, that's really cool because they go to church together and he loves next Mike, mm-hmm. but it's Mikey's songs. So if you haven't listened to Mikey's songs, check him out. He's legit. Then we had Ian Merzwinski, male model. I met him out in LA. Um, I've never talked to a male model before. And this was really interesting because my version of male models was like when I was a kid and you'd walk by the Hollister or Abercrombie and Fitch posters. And you're like, I'll probably marry someone like that, but you don't because you don't know them. I was like, wow, so I'm getting a male model on here. He's done some pretty cool um, stuff in his career. I liked him. Solid Christian dude. Um, felt like the Lord was calling him into that industry, and he wants to change it, which I think mm, is, like, super cool. ambitious and cool. Then we had Sebastian, which I talked about. Sebastian's a super neat guy. He was on Survivor. Um, he's a very adventurous guy. Mm. Um, he's hilarious. Like, mm. he's got a lot of joy. I liked him. Then we kind of moved more into some serious topics of the year. We had Jason Chris Halk come on. He was the guy. This is episode 48. If you're getting bored with our conversation, wake up because it's getting good. But he, um, which I think you'd be interested in this book because you like to read, Marshall. But he, I don't know who likes to read, but he um, translated the Quran. Yeah. Word by word. He's like legit. He's He's so cool. He's such a cool guy. So he did this. He spent a lot of time in Afghanistan, and he's doing a lot right now for the Afghan um, people. Then we have Mr. Ethan Sansoni. God bless him. He's he's the started, godfather. The godfather of this network. Um, he was a fun. He was a fun person to have on. You do you have an Ethan story? You know you've known Ethan for a while. Yeah, I met him through the Wombles. Okay, shout out to the Wombles. Yeah, and then I got the. Got the tat. You got the tat. That's right. I mm-hmm. forgot you had the tat. Where's your tat on your on your hand? Yeah, no, I'm an outlaw. I went on the hand. Wow. Yeah. So if you haven't gotten the tat yet, or know what the 1513 Network is called, you've heard me say, "Welcome to the Write Down Podcast with the 1513 Network." 1513 comes from the verse of John 15:13, "Greater love has no man than to lay down his life for his friends." Ethan got that tattoo. Um, I think. At a tattoo parlor with a stripper pole in it was his story. He went with one of his buddies and he got that tattoo. And then it kind of birthed into something more. And now it's birthed into the studio that I'm in all the time, which I'm super grateful. That was cool. Then our boy Marcus Allen came back on the show for episode 50. One of my favorite people. I would not be here today without that man. Um, He has believed in me since day one. It was super neat recording with him again because... He was my very first episode where I was fumbling around my words and I was really nervous. 
And now he's just become such a good uh, friend, family friend, almost like an uncle to me. And so I've just appreciated him. He introduced me to Joe Theismann, which he was next on episode 51. I threw shade to Joe Theismann about his age because words that come out of my mouth just come out of my mouth like word vomit. It's like (laughs) toothpaste where you squeeze it out, but you can't put it back in. So that happened to me a couple of times with Mr. Joe, but he was super neat. He rolled with it. He reminds me a lot of Byron Scott, who I interviewed a couple of years ago um, now, where they both just allowed me to be myself, but also be professional. I think this is where you come in, right? Denise Villanueva? Yep. Was that your very first episode? Yes. How did you feel coming in here that first time? Were you like, what the heck is this about? Well, I mean, I was excited to record for a podcast. I listened to podcasts and I thought the whole process was cool. I was just blown away by this lady. I don't know. And, and every time since then, every guest has been. Yeah. I don't know. I was like looking her up while in the mid interview and I'm like, Dude, what hasn't this lady done? You know, I know she's done so many things. She was super neat. She was a cheerleader for the Raiders, the Raiderettes. Um, she worked in business for a long time with Magic Johnson, um, did some things with Disney and she's just kind of had her hand in everything. She she knows a lot of people. She's well connected. Um and she's super humble about it. She's just mm-hmm. such a bubbly, bubbly person. So she came on for a two-parter. The stories that she shared, I think, really grew me as an interviewer, but also just excited me because if you haven't noticed, most of my guests have been men. And it was nice to have a couple ladies on there with bubblegum pop and understand mm-hmm. where I come from as a human. And you even said, like, part of what you wanted was to have some girl talk. Yes. And there was a lot of that because not only is she, you know, like a real hardcore series, I feel like. Business. business lady you know and who like did all these cool cool different industries and went and was like leading in them yeah but you guys also talked about with girly things which is what we need i think girl talk i think deep down maybe you can help me with this deep down guys like girl talk yes or no or do you hate it is it nauseating oh, if you i would not it? say that i hate it i mean to observe it's it's pretty fascinating yeah like if you're listening to podcasts like the write it down podcast and you're listening to two girls and it's like stuff you would never talk about with your boys. Are you like, man, that's pretty interesting. This is like a girl sleepover. This is what happens. Are you like, please put Joe Rogan on? No, I mean, I don't think it's that bad. I'm not, but my mom and I can have good long conversations. It's not girl talk, but I don't know. I like yeah. to talk. I think if you're a guy out there and you don't deep down love girl talk, there's something wrong with you. Okay. Okay. That's just, <laughs> you said, okay. Well, I think it's true. I think it's very interesting. I think it's fun. Okay, and then uh, moving forward, we have episode 54. Jason came back on. Jason Houck and Britt Harris um, came on. They talked about Camp Resilient and how they're helping active duty and former military members seek solitude and rest at this camp in North Carolina. Britt lost her husband um, shortly after finding out she was pregnant, and um, she's just done, done a lot. She's a gold star wife. She is a powerhouse. Taught us a lot about healing and yoga and therapy and being out in nature. Um, so she was awesome. And then Rob Talton, episode 55. I have to pick your brain, Marshall, because mm-hmm. I wasn't there. My dad took over this episode 55 with his buddy Rob. Tell me a little bit about that interview, what you were thinking. You were sitting back there. I was like texting all parties involved being like, is everybody okay? Because mommy's not there to make sure everything's okay. (laughs) Tell me a little bit about Sultan. That was a really cool interview and just hearing his story and seeing who he is and experiencing who he is. Just like a really gentle, kind, smart, 
into music, like all those things. He's a very admirable guy. And, um, yeah, just in like his, I don't remember exactly his write it down, but like the way, what I took from it is the way that he appreciates life. And that was something that even your dad mentioned. They were on a golf course and it was kind of like a plane. It wasn't anything special. And he was out there taking pictures and stuff like that. Yeah. To capture the moment. Yeah. And just to very much like be thankful. He is thankful yes. for like every single moment, you know, cause he has like a very, he's very aware that it's like, we're not guaranteed tomorrow. Yeah. No. I, yeah. He's like living in, in light of like, not in a morbid way, but and like with death, like mm. death is closer than we think. We don't know when our last day is going to be. We don't know when our loved one's last day is going to be. So to have that perspective that every day is a gift, every day is exciting, I think is just like something we all need to hear. And that was definitely a deeper episode, which I thought was good. It was very moving. Um, he's an inspiration for sure. Yeah. Then we moved on to Bob Ruano. He had me on his podcast and then he came on mine, his podcast, Fitness and Friends which we did on camera. Bob was my uh, CrossFit coach, friend, Gainesville father. He was in the CrossFit games. I watched his kids when he went to the CrossFit games and got to travel with them. That was super fun. What I liked about Bob is Bob's a very good conversationalist. Like, and that is super hard to do when you're on the mic. As you can tell, like right when the mic turns on, you're just like, I don't know how to be myself anymore. And I really appreciated that about him because I felt like we were just on this like prolonged conversation on the phone and people were a fly on the wall, which is hard to to do. So I liked him. Then we had our boy Reggie. Mm. Woo! Reggie Ball. Ball for life. Episode 57 and 58. This man. I don't... I like... Number one, I'm blown away by the story of his life. Mm -hmm. But I'm blown away by the character of who he is today yeah like this guy is just let's put it this way if you ever get to meet reggie ball you're gonna have a friend for life yeah. in such a beautiful way he's just he makes you feel welcome he makes you feel like you're at home he puts other people first his story like if i was president which i could be one day don't count me out i'd want someone like him in my corner like he wouldn't let one person like even just touch you, which is nice. It's very, pro it's very protective. So I, man, I'm a huge Reggie Ball fan. I'm really glad I got to meet him this year and host him on Write It Down. Then episode 59, Marshall and I recorded that about a week ago. I got all emotional. I became this like sappy little chica, had to lock it up a couple times. But uh, Marshall, I have you mainly on the show too. This is, this was a trap to get you on the show not really a trap but something i got to tell you guys about marshall m over here is every time i come into the studio well we're normally texting each other at five behind could, could be late <laughs> right. traffic my b is the guest there is the guest whatever you know it's more or less like very short quick we might not make it but we end up making it but one thing i really appreciate about marshall and this is a hype hype cast for marshall m is you're a very good friend to people. You show up when you need to show up. You always help out when needed. It's like, hey, can you edit this by this time so we can get it out? Like between you and Jordan, this show would not be sustained. So I'm just giving you a little hmm. shouts. Thanks for Shout out. Yeah, no problem. Don't mention it. We're going to take a quick break to discuss Write It Down's brand new website. You can head over to widpod.com, W-I-D-P-O-D.com, and see all the goods. You'll notice a banner at the top of the page that says learn more. If you click that link, it'll show you how you can support Write It Down. 
P.S. My favorite part about the website is the Wid Wall, which is a collection of all the write it downs from the show. This podcast is made possible by the 1513 Network. So show the network some love and support by listening to their other shows. If not, just stick with Write It Down because I'm the coolest, the realest, the illest. Now, back to the show. I wanted to ask you a couple questions. Okay. Nothing too serious, nothing too crazy. You're a creative guy, right? Sure. You like music, you like yeah. the arts, you're not like, you like to read. Yeah, I, I appreciate a lot of art in like in any kind of form, whether it's dance or like painting or whatever. You know, I wish that I could do a lot of those things, but yeah, but you get to do a lot of things behind the scenes, mm-hmm. right? So you've helped out um, at churches, you've done sound, you've been at Mega Mallies helping out with that. So being somebody behind the scenes, what are some of the things that you see and what are some of the things that you notice in other people coming from a production standpoint? So like you're back there on that computer and, and you're you're listening to my conversations or you're listening to the guests, you're looking to the feed, listening to the feedback or you're at Mega Mallies and you're helping out with the band and you're seeing all the moving parts, right? Come together. Are you invested in that? Or are you like, this is just my job? Mm. The Mega Mallies gig is a little bit probably more like a job because i don't it's a different band every week okay so i don't really get to build a relationship with the band and also i'm not even technically an employee of mega malley's so i don't necessarily even feel like a part of it a part of their business i'm just there you know to make sure that it works okay it does feel very job like okay with coastline it's it's something totally different i mean first of all they took a chance on me i had zero experience uh-huh. and they just kind of let me figure it out yeah but it is like it has become my favorite way to worship i think really yeah you know and it's more than that it's more than making sure that everything works it's a lot more than that it's like creating a experience see that's so interesting because the way my brain is wired is if i was back there on that computer having to listen to someone like me talk for over an hour not just to you but to my guests i'd be like this is horrible, but like you do it and you actually enjoy it. So I think that's like a really cool thing. And when you said that Coastline took a chance on you, they took a chance on you in a lot of ways, right? Mm-hmm. Like you weren't even a Christian at the time. No, I was not saved. And they were just like, come work at the church. I didn't work there. I served, you know, I just volunteered. Dang, why? why? Like, were you like, this is a bunch of like willy nilly hocus pocus, but I'll do it. Jeez, I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm just keeping it real. There yeah. could be people out there that think it's, I don't know. I've been a Christian my whole life. I mean, I've been a cool Christian my whole life. So I have. I can't relate. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm not sure. <laughs> like Jacob Wommel invited me to Coastline before they were even in the new building. And I have always loved music. And I've always looked at the sound booth and been like, I want to do that. But you got to go. I mean, you don't have to go to school. But there's some kind of, you got to have your in or whatever. And the worship leader at the time, Brian Bolivar, um, made like a video. They were building this new building. They needed help on tech, sound, lighting, no experience required. So I filled out the, you know, I want to serve here. Dang. Okay, Marshall, I don't even think I knew I was going to ask you this question, and you for sure didn't. Because <laughs> I legit just asked you to come on last minute. But do you mind sharing a little bit with the audience um, your story and your testimony of kind of like you haven't been a Christian a long time. You became a Christian in pretty unique ways. Now looking back, you can see kind of 
God in your life, but mm. you didn't grow up like churched in a way. No. So like what, tell, tell us a little bit about your story and like, cause your story made me cry when I first heard it, but I cry over everything. So yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm not throwing and shade. It, <laughs> and it's like, cause I was baptized Catholic. Um, and we were, but I feel like we were like an Easter Christmas. That's when we would go to church type thing. You know, it wasn't a daily thing, you know? Um, and that's not to say anything like, I don't, I'm not trying to throw shade at the Easter people. Yeah. The Cause Easter I don't know. It seems to, it seems to work or something. I'm not, I don't know what to say. My mom has always had her faith, whether we were regular church attendance or not. Yeah. Yeah. You know? yeah. And, um, even as a kid, I went to like big stuff church camp with Jacob. I went to big stuff. Yeah. What? And okay. I mean, and so what's weird is I raised my hand at an altar call for that thing. So like, was I saved then? I don't know. I didn't experience any kind of, you know, I, it was the camp thing. I'd go there, feel it, raise my hand, go home and nothing and was different. And then you just move on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, up through high school, I was just a big pothead. After high school, did harder drugs, um, you know, pills, heroin, crack. Really? Those kinds of things. Yeah. I didn't know that apart. Yeah. It Dang. wasn't too long. It was probably like six or seven months or something like that. Can I ask a question about drugs? Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Um, with heroin, honestly, what would you describe the high of heroin to be like? Jeez, honestly. Honest. This is the honest cast. It's a lit podcast. I'm just curious because I'm afraid of marijuana, so I can't even know so like yeah what is it like when you're on that high and why do you keep wanting to chase it well you chase it because i mean after a certain point you start to feel like crap when you don't have it okay so then that's like where the physical addiction comes and then you won't even get high you just want to feel normal okay but i mean the high it's like i don't even know like first time doing heroin what'd you feel like a warm, heavy blanket or something like that. If you were cold, like it's just whatever would make you the most comfortable all the way into like the deepest parts of your toes and like the backs of your legs and stuff like that. Like it's in, it's very, very, it's sensational. Really? Yeah. And that's like, obviously, and then you have a come down type of thing or not really? Yeah. I mean, there's a come down. Like you're not, you don't feel like that forever. Obviously. Cause people wouldn't (laughs) come back for more. Wow. Okay. So you get into more drugs, heroin, heavy drugs. Yep. Um, and then at some point my girlfriend at the time and I, we just like stopped. I think we started, we started to like get that. We need to, we would do it just to feel normal. And it was like, okay, like this is getting out of hand. We need to stop, you know? Yeah. And somehow we were able to just stop. I don't really know what it was. I mean, we still like smoked weed and you know, did, but like as far as the heavier drugs, you're like, I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. And it depends what you mean by heavier. Cause we were still like, you know, eating mushrooms and acid and other psychedelics, oh my. you know? Yeah. But I don't, I, I still don't really consider those like heroin or crack, you know, they're just different kinds of things. Okay. Yeah. See, I have no idea. Yeah. I don't even know street terms. I still call marijuana, marijuana, marijuanas, marijuanas. Yeah. Do you do the marijuanas? That's okay. Okay, so you got kind of involved in that life. Also, yeah, you really like festivals, right? Yeah, and that's where I think that kind of helped me get out of the like harder drug type thing. But that's what I, and you know, it's like harder drugs. I was still doing the psychedelics, and that was a big part of that culture. That's where they were eating mushrooms and you know dancing around outside to EDM music. That's insane. And so that's, I mean, and that's the same thing. Like I don't know, it was, it was, it was a good time. But it did lead me towards like that girl and I ended up breaking up. You know. And weird relationships with people because everything's very open 
and kind of you follow how you feel and you follow vibes and stuff like that. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, exactly. And like there is one thing learning like now, especially on the other side of being a Christian and whatnot, is they are very open people like that culture. They're spiritually open, which is good. They're not materialistic. Like they know that there's more. Yeah. Than what they can see. But can be dangerous it can be dangerous exactly you know like the, the 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 enemy will make you feel good he has no problem making you feel good you know gosh okay so let's so let's kind of put this in and go deeper into that what you're saying about edm and openness and spiritualness i have never been to an edm festival never worn the fishnet stockings or the mm-hmm. baby bathing suit and the twisty hair um that would be a sight to see. Maybe that should be my next <laughs> next excursion. But I had some friends in college that got really involved in that. And then um, I knew somebody that um, ended up getting a bad strand of ecstasy mm. and had to go to the hospital and get whatever treatment for that. And I was always just curious as to, number one, like you don't just start there, right? Mm. Like you don't just like, you know what, like Brooke right here, you know, tomorrow I'm going to go start you know, going to festivals and popping Molly and, you know, open myself up to that thing. But there's like a gradual thing that happens, right? Is there a gradual thing that gets you out of that? Or was it like this stark? No, like when you're in the moment, let's put it this way. Like paint, I'm painting a picture and you can help me fill in the blanks. You're a Marshall M, you're at an EDM concert and you're feeling the feels. Like you're, you're on this high and you're like looking up and all you see is strobe lights and you feel this openness and you feel this love and this aura mm-hmm. come over you, right? Mm-hmm. And you have those moments. How do you juxtapose that to a moment that you've had deeply with the Lord? Mm. It's real. And it doesn't, it's not like fleeting and there's just something way more calm and like actually, I don't know, like grabbable. Mm, okay. Cause somebody I've heard it's explained is it's kind of like smoke and mirrors, all that aura and stuff like that. It was like a, like a carrot on a stick, but you can never get it. Ooh, that's kind of scary. Whereas with the, with the Lord, I mean, you know, there's always, it's like Paul, you know, I've left, but I haven't arrived. So there always is that tension where like, we're not where we are, where yeah, we're going, but it's not you a know, tease. but there, exactly. It doesn't feel like that. Like there is, I don't know. It's not like a destination over there. It's like, he's here with me and we're, and he's taking me somewhere, you know, it's more of a journey. Yeah. Wow. It's so crazy. So what would you say if like, if you have friends or whatever, and this is not just about like, Oh, cancel culture of EDM. Mm-hmm. Cause I don't, whatever. If the music's great, whatever. I'm not trying to like just target one audience, but I know this is like one part of who you are as a person going from that type of experience to like the real thing. You had to have like a real moment in your life. You're someone that's not, you didn't want smoke and mirrors when it came to religion or God or anything. You Mm. wanted like the real thing, like those deep assured moments, which you have in your life. What would you say to like a person who's really seeking, like they think something's out there, right? You, you meet a lot of people and most people believe there's something out there, mm-hmm. right? Most of people's problem with Christianity is Christians mm-hmm. or their experience with Christians or legalism or religion or haven't met a cool Christian like us. <laughs> <laughs> That's a play on from episode 59. So if you think I'm just being vain, I am. It's from episode 59. So what would you say to like somebody who's like, in maybe not just in that culture, but in a culture in general that thinks maybe God's just 
dangling a carrot, the smoke and mirrors. Like, okay, you know, you think he was born of a virgin? You think he was the savior? Like, taunting in that. How would you, not even argue, but how would you make the reality of him in your life be known to them? Oh, jeez. I would like to be able to preach without preaching. Okay. You know, like uh, a saint, one of these old saints, he said, um, always spread the gospel if necessary use words yes yeah you know and so it's just in the the way that you live your life and that's not even like i don't do this i don't do that it's um you know so it's like you will know them by their fruit right but mm-hmm. also i forget what the the whole verse though but he says not just to love each other as you want to be loved he says love each other as i have loved you and that's how they will know that um, you're my disciples. You, that, yeah, that you're my disciples, and that I came from the Father. So what you just asked, right? Like, how will they know that Jesus is the Son of God? By the way, Christians interact with each other. Yeah, and it's true, and we don't do that. No, awesome sometimes. Ah, wow. Okay, so kind of fast forwarding. Um, well, not really fast forwarding. Almost like backtracking. You went through some pretty deep hardships in your life, right? Mm-hmm. And how do you juxtapose your faith in the goodness of God with bad things that happen? Well, he's, 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 a, he's a gentleman. He doesn't force things. Mm-hmm. He's not going to just fix, and he doesn't just fix things. He allows us to do kind of whatever you want, you know, and that comes from his love, you know? Because yeah, it's like, well, how, why is there evil in the world if there's, a, if there's this benevolent God? And it's like, I don't know. That's how much he respects or how much power that he's given to us you know to have a choice to yeah. not force a love on him mm-hmm. wow I, man we went really deep i wasn't expecting to go this deep i was trying to but your story always fascinates me number one because it's very polar opposite almost to the story that i have i mean not that every i mean there's a common thread in everybody's story but when i look mm-hmm. at your life and how there's just like a radical moment in your life where you're just like, no, this is the goodness of God. And he didn't just like change your personality or change the things that you like. He just mm-hmm. refined them. So mm-hmm. that's what I think is really cool about you. Like even though you were living a life that was heavily inundated with drugs and psychedelics and EDM and all the, just all that noise, to be honest, that you were trying to find satisfaction in, it's not that you mm-hmm. don't still appreciate the music and you know, festivals and culture like that. He didn't throw the baby out the bathwater with you. He just made himself personal to you, which I wonder if people think, maybe I'm putting words in other people's mouth and you can help me with this. Do you think people are afraid to give them their life to God because they think they're going to be this like robotic weirdo? I think so. Probably because they meet robotic weirdos. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I wasn't expecting you to say that. Yeah, I would say, well, elaborate a little bit on that. Yeah. I don't know. Because it's like we were saying earlier, like they'll know that we're his disciples, that he came from the Father, by the way we interact. And also, I don't know, I feel like stories that people hear is that they're saved and they're radically changed. And like, I don't, for me, it's a, it's still an ongoing process and it still hasn't, I never feel like I had like a 180 turn and just stopped. Yeah. You know, I was like going, I was like attending church, still not believing, trying to pick apart Pastor Jason's sermons. <laughs> like, 
and um, serving even while still like not having accepted him. And um, I think that there is this idea of having to perform a certain way to be a Christian or something like that, you know, having to, I act this way so you know that I love God. Instead of like just keeping it simple of you're going to know I'm from God because I love others. Yeah. Like why it's like they, they have to prove their love for God by doing X, things y, or whatever. Yeah. Which is just not how it works. Mm-hmm. Do you ever miss your former life? Yeah. I mean, it was like, like you were saying earlier, you were asking like what heroin feels like. And there's a reason why it's so addictive, you know, like it, it, it's physically so sensational. And I, and I don't necessarily miss that cause that was pretty rough, you know, like maybe that feeling, but I don't know, the EDM stuff, like it's a good time too. You go, you laugh and you party and you dance, but sin is fun for a season. But like I said, it led to like these just weird relationships with people that were very like, I don't know, very open-ended and twisted and stuff like that. I mean, that was, wow. Okay. So kind of like what you were saying though, is like you miss it for a little bit. Is there like a story that you go back to that you can share with us that you're like, maybe woke up somewhere and didn't know where you were, or there was a time that you got blacked out or so high that like this happened and it instilled like a little bit of like, I don't want that life anymore. Are there any stories like that that you could share with us? Yeah, not a lot though. I was always pretty able to keep my cool. That's good. But um, no, one night I did lose my marbles. It was at some giant um, New Year's base nectar event. And uh, I think I took a little bit too much LSD. And um, it was like the beginning of one of those weird twisted relationships. It was a great friendship that I had with this person. And then it like just got, I don't know, it got like weirdly, I don't even want to call it romantic, but romantic, but like it wasn't, cause it was just weird. I don't, I don't really care to explain all the details, <laughs> but it got just real weird. It sounds weird. Yeah. It was very, it yeah. was very strange. And that happened that night and it just kind of spun me real hard. And like, it's, I, I say the dragon bit back, you know, and like, I was unaware of like what time it was and I like knew it was. I don't remember what year it was, but we were, I think we were like election things were heating up, like tensions were rising in the country and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. And like, honestly, this, like I got this to this place in my head that it was new year's. And like now everything, it was just like martial law. Like I was in Atlanta and I knew I need to go East and get to water and go South until I get home. Like I just, I gotta, I gotta like get home. I felt like I needed to go home. I was in this place and I felt like there was no, like rules or laws anymore and that things were just that it, everything had just vanished that's such a weird feeling yeah i don't understand that like when i look back i'm like how did i get to that place in my head but i was totally convinced that like i was just it was every man for themselves now you know you think it was from like the drugs and from everything yeah. that you're involved in yeah for sure oh my gosh don't it, was freezing, it was freezing cold outside too i thought i was gonna die oh my gosh yeah. okay so your life yeah, like you said, didn't just have this like one eighty return or turn. It started to just like gradually change over time. Mm-hmm. So when you look back on that part of your life, are you like, Ugh, or are you like, oh, well, not bad? A little bit of eh. it was just like it was stupid, you know. <laughs> 
I'm I'm just actually just picking your brain because I'm just curious like what it would be like and what I would think and feel being in a, a place like that. Because I think like granted darkness has such an interesting way of disguising itself. Mm-hmm. I mean, we could see that in the music industry. We can see that out in Hollywood. Like mm-hmm. you go you have this vision of what Hollywood Hollywood or LA is like and then you go out there and you're like Oh my gosh, like it really is like everybody trying to be somebody. I've said this like a lot where it's like I, I understand like I follow E! News because I, I love pop culture drama and all of those things. And I like nothing surprises me. Mm-hmm. Like it definitely doesn't seem like Melbourne News or anything like that where you're just like, oh, like the county line closed and now it reopened. Like that's not news like that. It's literally like such and such is in a relationship with such and such and they were here spotted doing this and then there was whatever and so you're just like nothing surprises you in that and I feel like if you're open to some of more of those things like you were saying with like EDM and open open open-ended relationships and stuff nothing surprises you Mm -hmm. it's like all fair game it's all just like and where's the bottom you can't really find it yeah and that's the whole thing right because it's I like that you said it disguises itself because there is a whole lot of like like love at those things. Like there's strangers hugging each other and stuff like that. And like really caring about each other. But there's also, yeah, it's a bottomless. It's like a open everything, you know, but is it real love? And exactly. And there's that too. Cause like what is, you know, true love that's not from God. Yeah. It's like, it's very overly accepted mm-hmm. acceptance. Yeah. Overly and acceptance. That's what it is, is. I think it's a lot of seeking acceptance and getting it. But like, it's like a, What's the word? Almost, It's almost like spontaneous or something like that. Like there's no, I don't, I'm not sure how to say it. Yeah. Which is being accepted and being loved is an attractive thing. It's mm-hmm. not, it's, it's actually a good thing. It's like what we're supposed to be doing, but it's just sad that you have to find it somewhere else besides where you're supposed to find it. And yeah. I, that's, that's the, that's the ticket right there mm-hmm. is that, that real feeling. So you've had real feelings. You have real experiences you have a really unique way of looking at the gospel, church, the world, drugs. I just got some drug knowledge, which I think is pretty cool. Thank you for that. Mm. Maybe I'll look into it. I'm just kidding. But um, so I really appreciate about appreciate that about you. And I like how intuitive and how intentional that you are with people and the things that you're putting your efforts towards. Um, if you could go anywhere in the world, where would it be? I don't know. That's tough. Cause there's a lot of places I'd like to go. Mm. Maybe like the, like the Swiss Alps or something like that. Like that. It's like, the, I've heard it's like the most beautiful walk. You like walk and there's clouds below you. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. no, I'd like to go there too. Like a castle in the cloud type of thing. Yeah. Swiss Alps. I could see that. All right. If there's one piece of candy that you had to eat for the rest of your life, what would it be? What's your candy? Mm, that's tough. I think Jolly Ranchers. Ew. Yeah. Why? I don't know. Cause I'm thinking Reese's like Reese's is probably eat, like my favorite one, but Jolly Ranchers are too much work. I think. Cause then when they get to that certain point, first of all, they've dyed your whole mouth a certain color, which mm-hmm. is annoying. And then I feel like when I like swallow, it's like a log. So it's going to shoot down my throat. Well, you gotta, you don't swallow it. I know, but if you accidentally, it just shoots in the back of your... Yeah, it's a choking hazard. It is a choking hazard for most kids. <laughs> so I wouldn't do it if I were you. Okay, biggest pet peeve. You listened to all my pet peeves last week. What's your biggest pet peeve? Oh, my biggest pet peeve? Jeez. You know what's funny? And I was trying to think about them while you were saying these questions. 
What, are you just, nothing bothers you? No, I'm sure that there's things that bother me. I think maybe the oh, way some, perfect like... perfect and nothing bothers you, Marshall? <laughs> um, I'm sorry. No, I'm sure there's, like, the way some people chew. That is annoying. Yeah. You know what? I was... Hearing people chew, chew would probably be annoying. my pet peeve. Yeah. That is annoying. I was driving the other day thinking about other pet peeves I could have said, and you know what bothers me mm. so much? What? People whispering, and this is a sound. You know when they do that? It's so annoying. It's cringy when they're just like, and they're in your ear doing this breathy like. I hate. I should have put that in there for episode 59. Okay. If you could have a podcast and start your own, what would it be about? I mean, I've been probably kind of influenced by Joe Rogan's podcast where he just kind of has people on and talks about like, there's no like real specific agenda, which I feel like yours is kind of like that. There's not like a, you don't have like a, like a certain topic that you're talking about. Yeah. You just talk to different people. Yeah. Heck, I just asked you to come on today and we did it. We did the dang thing. So just something. Yeah. I mean, I love conversation. You like comedy. Yeah. I do like comedy. Some Chappelle action on here. Yeah. No, no, that's what I'm saying. I would love just to talk to people. I think that would be cool. And and, and like anybody, talk to friends. If you had one question mm-hmm. that you're allowed to ask anybody at all times, like no cap, what would the question be? Jeez. Oh, I'm coming at you hard and fast. I'm yeah. sorry. If you hear a lot of gaps in conversations, because I didn't prepare Marshall for any of this. If I could ask anybody any question. Oh, man because i don't know if they're like if i can ask anybody so they're not necessarily christian people but it'd be like what makes you feel like what what do you what makes you feel meaningful like what gives your life meaning yeah like your purpose yeah like that is a deep question i feel like most people can't answer it yeah or they can i don't know if i could yeah i mean i know what gives me meaning but i feel like that's a given yeah but i feel like for people that don't have that like what what is it? What is the answer? Mm. If you don't have, I don't know. It's, it's, I, I feel like that is a good question. I did this project in um, college called the purpose project where I asked people what they thought their purpose was in life. And most people's answer is to be happy or to have other people in their life be happy, mm. which leads to more annoying questions for me to be like, well, what's happiness? How do you reach happiness? Mm-hmm. Like, do you just feel happy all the time? Yeah. It's, and it's not, I don't know. That's not a very good, it's a moving target happiness yeah i feel like that kind of circles back to what you're talking about with like drugs and mm-hmm. it's like this moving target where you know you're not going to feel it forever so you keep chasing it mm-hmm. i heard that's why rock stars do drugs is because they get such a high on stage of everybody chanting their name yeah. and when they get off stage in the tour bus it's that come down so that the way to get that high again is to just do drugs it'll be a lot to deal with that could you imagine being in front of like screaming fans no well, I, I look at like I listened to Michael Jackson's interview with Oprah, like I think from 93 or something. And he was really good friends with Brooke Shields growing up. And Michael Jackson just didn't have a childhood. Mm-hmm. He was a pop star from a very young age from the Jackson five. And then he grew to be the king of pop. And how do you do life mm-hmm. with everybody around you as a fan? You think about like wanting to be like fully known. I don't think you can let yourself be fully known when everybody knows you're Michael Jackson and already has a, an agenda for you and where you need to yeah. be. Like, how do you find that time that's just like, it's just me? Which I think everybody needs that in order to be at peak performance for mm-hmm. anything. If you don't have those sacred standalone moments, mm-hmm. 
how are you ever going to operate or interact with other people? And so it just always fascinated me. It was like, yeah, or you look at Miley Cyrus. It's like, how do you go from being Hannah Montana to like being half naked on a ball? Yeah. Like, but I don't look at that as like some sort of like, oh, brother, she's I look at it as like, that's like sad because you grew up in the spotlight and you can't find. And that's why I respect. That's why I'm a believer. Justin Bieber. Mm. I I feel like there's a little bit of that. Like he's been pretty honest and vocal and vulnerable with being in the spotlight growing up to be this famous person. And then he's, you know, like he's being watched at all times. And then you make a mistake. Imagine the mistakes that we make. Nobody gives two craps about Mm. it. Maybe our family members, but it's not like blasted out there. Then it's blasted out there. I mean, I'd be doing drugs. Heck. I mean, and some of these people that you've probably met in your life, want love and love and acceptance because they haven't gotten it from somewhere. Mm. So they're grasping for straws. Like you're saying, it's mm. like a smoke of mirrors. You're grasping for something and then it's like, poof, gone. Yeah. And it's like not sustainable. Mm-hmm. And, but you think about relationships that you have in your life with your family members, your, your girlfriend, your boyfriend, whoever you're doing life with. And, the part that makes it so awesome is the time and effort that you put into it to build trust and sustainability. It makes you feel like you can be yourself. It makes you feel like you can be known. It makes you feel like, Oh, they've seen this side of me before. They're going to stick with me through it again. That's why marriage is beautiful because Mm -hmm. it's somebody in your corner. So why marriage is this representation of us and God Mm -hmm. is it's like till death do us part. We are together. We are a unit and when you don't have that and you're grasping for a different type of love of just feeling all the like feeling good, feeling this all the single every single day, it's like t- it makes me tired even talking about it. Mm. And I feel like that is the biggest transition that you've had in your life. You went from chasing a feeling of love to like experiencing the truth of love mm-hmm. and that steadfastness that like and it starts to, that's what ultimately starts to change your behavior. Yeah. Or your outlook on things is mm-hmm. like knowing that assurance of who you are. Marshall, I know I've thrown you on the spot a lot. Um, we went through my episodes and we've had just a pretty casual conversation to end this year of podcasting. We have a lot on the horizon for 2022. I'm excited to share new guests, new content. Um, we've been working pretty hard um, to make sure that this next year just kind of breaks the mold in certain ways and we're excited for what's going to happen. I hope one day we can listen to this episode and be like, wow, this is really cool. We were just two young bucks in the studio and now look, you know, we'd have no idea what's going to happen, but I know I've thrown you in the loop, but Marshall, I want you to share a write it down, some encouragement. I want you to take the mic away um, as we end this show to share with our audience, your write it down and some nuggets of wisdom. I think, it's like what we were talking about earlier, and I wish that I could give credit to who I even heard it from. So it's not even my own write it down, but I'll steal it. Perfect. Everybody does that. Um, like the root of heartbreak is a, it's like something that might have happened to you that comes against who you are. And it's right. like, well, who am I? And who you are is somebody who was created to experience and receive perfect love from God. Like the... Yeah. The real God who created the universe, who's sent his son to die for you, you know, and before the foundations of the earth, he chose you mm. and you're supposed to experience that's who you are. That's like, that's what heartbreak is and what, 
and, and, and heartbreak, not even just in a romantic sense, but just like when anything wrong is going on, it's because it's like a, it's coming against who you are, which is something that's supposed to be experiencing the most perfect love. Yeah. It's like what you said before with like rejection, you said, well, of course rejection hurts because it goes against who you are, which is beloved. Mm -hmm. And that's like the same thing is like, you know, we were chatting about like the world and how there's just so much chaos and heartache. And it seems like one thing after another, the the question geared towards us is if God is so loving, why is all this happening? Mm -hmm. And it's like, no, we do live in a fallen world. We live in brokenness and it's coming against who we are, which is we are created. I mean, we're not perfect, but we are created to be in a perfect world. And then sin entered in. And the beauty of it is that he redeemed it all. And so everything that we see in our life that, that hits the fan, lack of better words, the chaos is redeemable. And that's what makes being a Christian so set apart is because it's not the final say over our life. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly why he came and died on the cross, because death wasn't the final say over life. He, he conquered the last little bit for us so that we wouldn't have to. And so when you're in the face of death or you're in the face of illness or you're in the face of mental illness or the face and like heartbreak is staring at you, anything in your life that goes against being beloved is going to hurt. Mm-hmm. But what you're saying is, is it goes against who you are and who you're called to be. Mm-hmm. And that's why it hurts, mm-hmm. which I feel like coming from you and the things that you've gone through in your life with loss of loved ones in your life and loss of relationship and just things looking a little chaotic, like it means a lot coming from you because mm-hmm. you're like, no, if anybody could sit in the pit and go back to that lifestyle, it'd be me. Mm-hmm. But you've chosen not to because of who you are, which I think is one of the coolest qualities about you. Mm-hmm. And I'm grateful that you came on the show. I'm grateful that you got thrown into this position to do audio engineering and that we've gotten to become friends and we've got to watch this grow. I think there's just so much more ahead for both of us in life, whether, you know, we're doing this for a while or doing it for another week. It's been an honor to have you be a part of Write It Down Podcast. Marshall M., thanks for joining us. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for listening to the Write It Down Podcast. This podcast is a part of the 1513 Network. You can catch a variety of shows on their website, 1513.com. If you enjoy listening to Write It Down, please subscribe, share with your friends, and if there's any ink left in your pen, write a review. For more content, follow the fun on Instagram by following at W-I-D. P-O-D. That spells WIDPOD. Super cool. Stands for Write It Down Podcast, but it's abbreviated to WIDPOD. Anyways, thanks for listening, and we will catch you later.